Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. How are you, Hector? Doing good, Ben. How you doing? I'm all right, mate. I, uh, so I, I just got Solar Power. I, I signed up to um, have this company, Solar Bear, put solar panels all over my roof. So I'm excited slash um, terrified that they're going to destroy my house. And your roof is going <laughs> to cave in. And uh, no, uh, when are they doing this? Um, I, so they got to still pull the permit and everything. We just had to put the deposit down. And stuff. So it'll be about twelve years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In twelve years, I shall be self-sufficient. No, I'm not getting the batteries or anything like that. They, all they, what they do is you sell the energy back to FPL, and then you end up with like a net zero, like a credit back on your. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's how it works. That's not terrible. No, exactly. It's cool. Hmm. So um, yeah, we have uh, Ricky Baloof here um, of uh, Ricky Bobby and uh, the Shake fame. Yeah, Bobby is a lot easier to try and say than that nightmare of a name that I actually have. So. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good, good. I'm, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm an actual fan. I listen to almost every single episode. And, that's uh, awesome. I actually have, I'll show you guys, I have a note in my phone that's literally all notes that I've taken uh, from sh- past shows that I was thinking like maybe we could talk about. Oh, interesting. Um, so I, I just like just random things that I had put in my phone. Every time I'm listening, I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I put that so in he's there. grading our shows. I, well, okay, so I, I said that, I think I said this to both of you, but it, like podcast is what I do as a um, as a side job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I listen to a lot of really terrible podcasts, right. and you guys are very good. You're oh, you're, you're audible. You the the conversation doesn't seem forced at all or anything like that. It's actually yeah. it's a pleasure to listen to. I'm and then I get to sort of spy on the music community around here too, which is nice. So yeah, I, exactly. Right? I that's, think that's, that's why. <laughs> I think that's why we all like it, us included. Yeah, exactly. Like little spies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's that? How? What's that mashup you're doing? Oh, <laughs> yeah. hmm. well, Ben's, huh? Ben's favorite part is when we talk about gear, though, because it's like his shopping corner. You know, uh, yeah, we look yeah. at the gear, and he's like, "So how's that work? And uh, how much was that? Yeah, where did, did you I was get like, that? He, he must have asked me how everything was. Yeah, so I wasn't yeah. selling him my sweater though. He wanted the sweater. It's like, where did you get that? And then he's texting Christy the whole time like <laughs> look at this thing it's only two ninety nine at Guitar Center right now mm-hmm. if only Christy gave a shit she, she could not care less about that stuff that's Kelly yeah. <laughs> she doesn't care about any of the music stuff yeah my wife's worried now because I started getting into buying pedals oh, right. and that's like she's like oh you deserve it you should buy the pedals and I'm like you don't know what you just said and I know yeah, like, yeah. a week later she's like what is this I'm like it's a pedal she goes another one I'm like you said it okay? yeah. <laughs> you said I deserve it you said I deserve it <laughs> I was <laughs> reading my Myself, damn it! I was just telling uh, I was just telling Justin a little while ago. My my son, as I mentioned earlier, is a drummer and mm-hmm. stuff, and uh, and he's now playing guitar and everything. So he's bought a few pedals and he's mm-hmm. looking. He's he's now looking at a second guitar, and he's now discovered that Sweetwater does payments. Uh, you don't even have to have a credit card. Way. It's just yeah. it's just payments. Like any anybody. How old can get is he? It. He'll be 18. Oh, you're screwed. Oh, you are screwed. Well, he's going to be said. living with you forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, Justin said, uh, oh, man, he's screwed. I'm like, no, I'm screwed because yeah, he'll, exactly. blow, he'll blow his credit and then I got to bail him out. <laughs> you're going to be signing on the dotted line. Oh, man. Joke's on him. I got bad credit, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get when dad's a musician. That's Ha-ha. right. Ha <laughs> ha. There's this acoustic sonic jazz master I've been looking at, and I just have a real problem with it at the moment. It's like any time, if I'm like... In the sat in the toilet in the bathroom, or if I'm just waiting for someone in my car, I'm just staring at this guitar. Absolutely worth. And like most of most of the pedals that I have, I literally did that for probably about like a week or two before I was like, oh, screw it, I'm just going to buy this damn pedal. But yeah. everything I have is relatively cheap, thank God. But I, I would literally, I would pull it up on Amazon and be looking at it. I'm like. Forty five bucks, not that bad. You know what I mean? Like that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it oh. comes with that too. It's really not that bad either. <laughs> it's a, it's a sickness, and Ben, ben knows. Is. I mean, Ben's known me long enough now to know that we can't have a conversation about something without me going. 
Hmm. How quick could I get that here? You know, like literally, the like, like the next practice, yeah. I have it. The worst know? thing is is being a musician with money. That's the absolute <laughs> worst thing. And like when I got I got the Guitar Center credit card, um, like just as the pandemic hit, because I knew the oh, shit was going to hit the fan, and I'm probably not going to have work, so I'm going to need to replenish my love for music. So I got this this uh, credit card, and it has been the bane of my existence ever oh, since. Man. And then doing doing well as a musician, all you want to do is just reinvest in it, which is a good thing, and it's recommended. You should yeah. reinvest in your craft, yes, but. I think there's a reason why musicians generally don't have any money. It's because we don't know what to do with it when we have it. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just vanishes. We yes. just had uh, was it? <laughs> we just had the Copper Tones uh, uh, last episode that we recorded, and uh, he had he had this like stand up uh, what eminence or something or evescence or something. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a stand up bass, but it was a real it was an acoustic stand up bass mm-hmm. with the pickup, but it was a very slender and it came apart and it fit into like a small golf bag or something that you what can travel hell? with. Is yeah, it, it eminence? Eminence, eminence. Yeah. It was it was amazing though, right? And I'm looking at it. And he was telling me how it's like thirty eight hundred dollars or something. And Ben immediately goes, "Right now, Hector's trying to calculate <laughs> what he <laughs> what he can sell to go buy that stand up bass." I'm like, "You were thirty eight hundred dollars, not that much." Uh, yeah, and I'd like to say people giving me a hundred dollars and i would just doing the quick math on that one (laughs) and it's dumb i would like to say that i i I didn't even like you know think about it but i was on the website today looking at it trying to figure out how can i make this work (laughs) and the problem with that is as well that it would be awesome if you had that you know it's not like it's your everything is awesome when it comes to the music everything is awesome you want everything (laughs) i want this whole building you know what i mean isn't that a a lego movie song everything is awesome everything (laughs) (laughs) thank you chris pratt (laughs) (laughs) all right why don't we uh why don't we kind of focus in on you a little bit here it's so um, nice to have you here and um and we really do appreciate the fact that you listened to it and you've paid attention and stuff so it's your turn to uh answer some of these questions and um first one is why did you start playing music and what was the kind of environment around your uh, sort of early years of of getting into music like what your parents listen to stuff like that um so my dad was a singer songwriter and uh from from what i've heard he had a couple songs on the radio like back in the day back in the day uh but it probably like back in the day getting on the radio was a lot easier than getting on the radio now because it's not like this huge corporate system it's like some guy and you give him some some weed and some blow and he'll put it on the radio that was the (laughs) 70s but but that that's the way it was back then so yeah Yeah. so he had a couple songs on the radio and so um when i was growing up i my dad always he had this silver tone guitar um, that he bought at sears Yeah. yeah and it was like you bought the guitar and it had an amp inside the the box and everything like that yeah. and I, he always had it but he never really played it they're and classic I, now they're yeah classic. yeah i'm so i'm so pissed that i don't have it anymore yeah. um it'll probably be worth a lot of money yeah. wherever it is yeah. um so the uh so that guitar was always in our house and my dad always like talked about music and stuff but then i think it was like when i was probably about like 13 years old all of a sudden he started playing and they were like you should you should play something because I was I would loved music. I started like my my dad was into the Beatles. He was like a huge, gigantic Beatles fan, right. and for that I loathed the Beatles because really? I just <laughs> I couldn't stand anything that he listened to. Yeah. So when I was in middle school, I found music that I liked, and that was Slipknot. Right. And I absolutely loved Slipknot, Coal Chamber, System of a Down. I remember seeing the, the yeah, I, I remember seeing um, a System of a Down song. What was it? I can't even think of it. It's that, that one, the first really popular song they had on MTV and just being like, one. 
no, no, that's no, that that's the first song I ever learned on drums. That's right. Chop Suey. That's it. Yeah. That's off of their second album. Oh, okay. This was the first album. Uh, Sugar. It was called oh, yeah. Sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember watching this, being like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and I was like, "This is definitely is. not my dad's music." So I yeah. fell in love with it then. And then my parents were like, "You should go into marching band." I was like, "Marching band's for nerds. I'm not gonna fucking do marching band. Get out of here." <laughs> oh, I saw something about that on social media. You were saying, "Yeah, I was in marching band for all four years of high school." I gave in, but. It, honestly it taught me everything so like wow. my dad my dad being a musician he sort of like once i started playing in marching band all of a sudden he was like buying guitars and he was investing in what i was doing he was like reliving his childhood again yeah. um sort of vicariously through me um but that was like essentially marching band was the reason why i do what i do today it's the, the reason why i'm a drummer it's the reason why i yeah. i have a, a a work ethic like i have i have a uh, for when it comes to music like practice is huge to me yeah man um because that that was the only way that i knew yeah so uh but yeah the marching band was probably the the antithesis to uh to everything when it came to Apart from the fact music. that there's a lot of a, a lot a lot of members, the only way that it's similar to Slipknot is is in many members. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> about, yeah. Well, see, my so my very first band I was ever in was a four piece punk band, and actually Dan Gutner, who yeah. played with Copper Tones, he was the guitar player in that band. My very first band. Right. Oh, that's right. And then the next band that I was in was a ska band. Okay. Because I was in marching band, so it makes sense. I'm like, I know horn players. I know like yeah. a thousand of them. So I was in a ten piece <laughs> ska band. That is why back in the day. When sort of third wave was really firing, mm-hmm. that is why American bands wiped the floor with European bands mm-hmm. because the horn sections are so much better. The mm-hmm. American horn sections just kicked our asses, and occasionally we'd get a band that had a decent horn section, but it was very rare. But over here, so, so many kids play horns so well, yeah. classically trained yeah. players. And I grew up in West Boca, so it was like an affluent area yeah. where the kids that were the kids like w- the marching band that I was in. Uh, we were we were really good. Yeah. Um, we were big and we were good, and everybody had great horn. Everybody had a lot of money, so everybody yeah. had like right. great equipment, and they yeah. had you know the money to be able to spend for lessons and everything like that. Yeah. And I was like a poor kid living with a bunch of rich kids, right. so I like clawed my way into that group. But uh, right. I was blessed with so many unbelievable horn players uh, yeah. that I was able to play with. That people were like, "Why is this guy?" And these guys, they loved it. And it yeah. was this was ne- something they were never going to do for the rest of their lives. But for that two or three year period when we were doing that band, it was like everything to them. And they got to be themselves for the first time. And now they're like fucking doctors and lawyers and shit like that. Sure. And right. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the first time you like take a shirt off at a show and go nuts, like you know, all those days are very important for sort of uh, just finding yourself. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think those I think those early parts... punk days have the, had some of the best times. You know. Yeah, it's um, it, it was it was definitely interesting because like back then I I took it very seriously, just as seriously as I take it now. Yeah. Um, but now I'm surrounded oh, with too. people that take it seriously, yeah. as opposed to then it was just like we were all kids. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't I didn't think like that. Like once I once I got my first drum set. Um, and I first started writing songs, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I never looked back from there. Right. And everybody else was like, well, you know, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do this. I want to have kids in the house and everything like that. Yeah. And I, that was like, my mind was like, <clears throat> whoop, right the other way the entire time. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think I always just sort of, I, I've always just felt like I was a musician. And if I had a different job, it was just like for the meantime until I, like mm-hmm. I, I always just kind of assumed I was going to oh, yeah. figure out a way to be one. I The only other time that I ever considered a career in anything else besides music was when I was working in radio. 
And that was a moment where I was like, I had a job that had a 401k. I was on the radio. I hosted my own show. I was cool. I like did this whole entire thing. And I was like, this is radio. Uh, so I used to do a night show on 1031 WIRK. Cool. I produced the morning show over there. I produced the morning show for 850 WFTL. Oh, and badass. I worked with uh, really that WRMF and uh, where uh, Justin's wife works. Yeah. Um, I used to work over with that whole cluster. So, And that was a part. It was a really cool. I mean, like I got to go to concerts for free. Yeah. We got to do all these amazing perks, going to Disney for free, going to Universal yeah. for free. All this, all this crazy shit. And I was like, this is this is the best thing ever. Yeah, I, you know, like I, and I get to work? be around music my entire. <laughs> and like I'm not really at that time. I wasn't really playing all that much. Right. But I got to be around it. I got to talk to musicians. I got to interview mostly country artists. Yeah. Um And uh, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I got fired. Right. And I was like, well. I guess it's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I applied for a bunch of radio stations after that, and nobody ever responded to me. And then I just slowly slipped into playing into cover bands. And then right. that's sort of where, you know, turned me into what I'm doing today, which I'm grateful for. Because if I was still in radio, I, I probably would have slipped my wrist by now. How long's the, uh, <laughs> how long's the uh, like, solo looper act been a thing? So I bought the... RC505, my loop station, um, at the beginning of the pandemic when I got that Guitar Center right. credit card. That was this spe- this specifically what I got the Guitar Center credit card Because you see for. people doing stuff, and you kind of assume they've been doing it for like 10 years. But I guess when I saw you doing it, you'd been doing it for like six months. Yeah, at that point in time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and and when I first got it, uh, the, I, I didn't know that I knew about live looping um, yeah. until until the pandemic. And right. then, I, then the artist that got me into it I had listened to like 15 years before. His name DubFX from yeah. Australia. You know yeah. DubFX? Yeah. So I remember watching that YouTube video of him playing, I don't know, what, whatever song. He's a billion songs. But I remember watching and just being like mesmerized like this dude. But he does it all with his voice. Yeah. So he puts the he has like a uh, an effects pedal that he puts his vocals through. And he does the, the beatbox, which was the least impressive part of everything he did. And then he did all of these chords. And yeah. all, it was like mind-blowing. Wow. It's just a dude with the voice. It was all just acapella? All, all acapella, vocal? but go through an effects. You, I, I will send that you clips takes, of this. That dude. takes balls because oh. uh, I, I can do like one or two tunes like that, but like maintaining an entire. Like if I had to do three hours like that, no, I'd be stressed. No out. way. And <laughs> yeah. This is the reason why I'm playing with the guitar now is because that was my original intention. I was like, I'm yeah. gonna be dub FX. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I got like a I've, month in, and there. I was like, this was a fucking mistake. Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. how to do this. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, but watching dub FX, I was like, this is incredible. And so I bought that specific one because that's the one that he used. That's the one he endorsed. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna buy this. Not knowing it was like specifically a beatbox thing, and other people asked me about it. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I don't, I don't really know anything about this thing. I just bought it, right? Um, because I wasn't sure when's the next time I was going to play in, in a band. Yeah, yeah. it was like when the pandemic hit. It was just like everybody, like the band I was playing in at the time. Um, my lead singer was immune deficient. My uh, my guitar player, his his kid was immune deficient. Yeah. Um, the my trombone player, his his uh, wife was pregnant at the time. So I was who, like, Who is this? What band is it? Uh, we were called Brass Knucklehead. Okay. Um, we were a ska cover band. We would take popular songs yeah. and then we turn them into ska songs instead oh, that's of like fun. instead of like playing like yeah. 
going out there and playing Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, we would play. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. We did, when No Name Scar Band stretched out to three hours, we used to do stuff like that, play things like Friday Home and Love and stuff like yeah, that. And, and yeah, and people love it, though. Yeah. And, and, and it's like you take songs, and this is the thing is that the guys that I played with, they were like, they hated 90% of the songs we played. But I'm like, Let, but just wait, we're going to make wait it our was, own. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then they totally. would start to enjoy it. They're like, Bl- oh, I guess Bluegrass I is song. the same. You can cover any song, and it makes it good. Everything has a bluegrass <laughs> cover now. Yeah, Everything yeah, has yeah. a bluegrass cover. Yeah, Scar yeah. and Bluegrass and, are weirdly interesting. We play them all. Yeah. But yeah, so when the pandemic kid i wasn't sure whether i was going to play with anybody again so i got that and i was like i have to try and build my own show or but at the time i wasn't even thinking about doing covers i was like i'm just going to write originals i'm going to be dub fx that was the whole thing yeah aside from being australian and um so then my buddy and me we actually started a band called slightly mighty and uh slightly mighty slightly mighty i like it um and where i did everything with the keyboard and the 505 and then he played guitar but we we to this day have never we i haven't I've been face to face with them one time since since we actually started the project. Right. We've been sending everything through emails and just building it through emails. We have an entire album on SoundCloud. Wow. And we just built it all together because we were wow. just writing and I was I, that's how how I got used to using the machine. Yeah. And then after a little while I was like, okay, this so is not going to sustain. The, you used the machine to record stuff as well. I was using it well, I was using it to be able to do that project. So I right. was so I was using um I was using it like with a MIDI keyboard and everything like that, and, like building these songs, doing like essentially like reggae hip hop songs. Like remember we were talking about the play for prop. Yeah. That that set that I did was all slightly mighty songs. Right. Okay. So it was like a lot of like synths and like all wavy shit and everything yeah. like that. Um, so I did that because I didn't really know how to use the thing. So the more reverb and stuff I used, the better it sounded because it's out you, all you, were, you weren't pulling any punches, man. It was like effects and, and beats and stuff going off in every direction. Yeah. Everywhere, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I had no it's, idea. It's an onslaught. <laughs> yeah. But that's the point because it, it sort of muddies up. And you're like, was that great or was that terrible? I have no idea. I really can't I it figure great. it out. Um, but, yeah, so then I, I did that for a little while uh, because of it. And um, – that, and then it turned into you know what it is now just because out of necessity I was like I have to start playing live yeah like I mean I, I can't cool. I can't rely on playing in a band I don't know who the hell I'm gonna play with yeah we're lucky with like I, I prior to the James and Hector iteration of Killbillies that was just on the rocks for a long time just like members going in and out and it just being a bit you know worryingly unstable but I'm happy to say that for the first time in a long time Killbillies is like just chill it's it's nice to have a a a core unit. Yeah, totally. But I do fill in the gaps with solo gigs. Like You, you do know. a lot of solo gigs. Yeah, exactly. And you do the looping, too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So, and it's fun, yeah. addictive, and it's fun. It's super fun doing yeah. the looping. And and the thing is, is that what I try to tell people, and and this is this goes to like, like booking agents, booking agents, <laughs> um, was it a lot of places are like, we don't book solos, we book duos. And I'm like, listen, this yeah. is not what you think it is. You're okay? like, I'm a full band. <laughs> I am a legit full band. I am a drummer, I'm a bass player, I'm a guitar player, I'm a backup vocalist, I play the melodica, I'll whip yeah. out the kazoo, I have three types yeah. of kazoos. <laughs> they make three types of kazoos. So 15 costume changes. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a machine. whole thing. It's a theatrical <laughs> experience. So I try to explain that to people. I and the stage on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's entirely too much money on right, that stage right, for me right. to light it on fire. <laughs> Come on, that, then my wife would really kill me. Um, but, but yeah, it's like that's the hardest thing to try and convince people that you know it's not just a one i'm not a guy in an acoustic guitar yeah like this is like a whole production and I, a lot of some people are starting to understand but live looping is still like people don't understand what it is it's like and a magic also, trick there's them. there is just like anything there's a whole gamut there's like from the guy who 
who badly loops one kind of percussive element on his guitar and tries to play over it for 15 minutes yeah. it's worse than if you didn't have a looper yes that's me all, yeah, yeah. All, <laughs> all the way up all the way up to like you know all the bells and whistles and a million different instruments and mm-hmm. it just depends on it's like it's it's it is an instrument it's mm-hmm. like you know some people are good at it some people are practiced at it and some people are terrible at it you know it's not it, you don't know what you're getting you know it just depends on who's doing it you know what I mean? yeah. so i feel like a lot of places and and, and maybe i'm wrong i you know i don't i don't solo like you guys do but I do feel like a lot of places from what I see and what I you know what I read and stuff, um, they get solo acts because they assume cheap. They mm-hmm. assume, oh, it's just one guy or whatever. But I mean, you're going in there essentially as a full band with all this gear. I mean, I, I would this like is to, an argument I have. I would like to believe yeah. that you're going in and you know being. Able, I mean, maybe not commanding like you know eight hundred dollars. Oh but, yeah, yeah, but you well, know, it's but, the two fifty three hundreds. You can get them. I, 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 for the what happens is that when I talk to people about booking, I said I, I, I get duo prices. Yeah. for a single guy, and and still, but this is the thing. This is like this is something that I, I've had an issue with with the wild. There's a lot of people around in this community um, where they're like, how dare places pay a certain amount of money? But you have to realize that, that like I, I recently just went to San Francisco. And uh, I was over there for a wedding that I got dragged to. Right. And when I was in San Francisco, we're sitting there eating chowder. And uh, this guy was had a track and he was playing a drum set, at just a street musician. And he was giving it his all, just absolutely commanding the 25 people that were in front of him. And people were tipping him and everything like that. And it it I couldn't get my eyes off of him. And it made me realize, like, that's the reason why we're doing it. We're not, yeah. we know, yes, we do have bills to pay and stuff, but... If you go out there and you're like, I need this amount of money, this is what I deserve, and then you go in there and just half-ass it, yeah. you don't deserve that, sure. yeah, regardless sure. of what you say. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of people have sort of been on their high horse when it comes to certain things. So I was trying to book a couple of shows for um, for a small bar in Boca, and when I told them what the prices were, and this is what they could afford, it's a small place. Um, they were like, they were like, no, no way, no way's going to play for that. I'm like, well, bullshit, because I got a bunch of people to play for it. So, I mean, if you... It, there's sometimes when you got to take a little bit less money, yeah, and then you find a crowd that's really great, and then you make yeah. tips and you make your money back. But it's what you put into it that matters. Well, yeah. you get that set, and you get the ones that you, you know, like because I have my solo kind of the prices. Just they're literally what what is the bar going to give me, and mm-hmm. it, it totally varies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I don't go lower than one fifty, but I definitely get one fifty occasionally, and then yeah. and then it goes up to you know three fifty. I can go up to there too, so it's mm-hmm. kind of anywhere in between. You got you know? you, you got solo for three fifty. Where I, are those places? I'll I'll tell you off the uh, mic. Please, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you yeah. get eight hundred people applying if yeah, you say it on gonna, the show. I was going to say, yeah, don't say it online. Never mind. <laughs> but you know, it's it's the same thing. Uh, you know, like I'm an artist, and I was just having this conversation this week with uh, with Craig McGinnis. I was in a studio, and we were talking about some stuff, and we, we were having the same same exact conversation, but from an art point of view instead mm-hmm. of a musician point of view. You know that that people like you know. I, I, I'm a hundred dollar an art, hundred dollar an hour artist. You know, I go out and I do I do stuff. I price it out based on a hundred dollars an hour of what I estimate I'm going to put into it time wise. Um, and you know, you tell people that, and they look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, that's great, but you're not you're not paying me you know hundred dollars because I'm going to be here ten hours. And you think, man, that's a lot of money for ten hours. Mm-hmm. You're paying me a hundred dollars an hour because I'm here for ten hours. But you know, there's material cost involved. There's the time that I had to put in to uh, to design the piece, which is a lot like 
musicians practicing and writing the music and stuff like that. There's a time, you know, that I had to put in to learn my craft and to, you know, how, you know, I didn't just pick up a brush one day and three brush strokes and suddenly a mural appeared, you know, like mm-hmm. it's something that you, you put time into and you, and effort and you learn how to do it and you, you hone your craft. And it's the same thing with musicians. Like, yeah. you know, you're only there for three hours, right? And they, and they don't want to pay you, you know, 50 cents, but, Mm-hmm. But they don't realize they're not really paying you for just that time. They're they're paying you for everything that you did to get there as yeah. as well, and well, your professionalism as well. Absolutely, right. and I think that and think that's another thing too. Is that like I I try my hardest, my my damnedest to be as professional as possible. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Um, and, and everywhere I, I go, I, I mean, that. I don't drink anymore. But I mean, even when I did yeah. drink, I I would I wouldn't drink the day of the show. I would drink a little bit at the show. <laughs> I but, didn't. <laughs> I wish I could say this. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that was my rule. I, right. To be honest, I didn't really follow it all the time. But, yeah. I mean, that was my rule. It's like I, I want to try and be as professional as possible because what I want is, let's say, they are like, we can only do 125. But I really like them and I like the atmosphere and I know my friends will come out and everything. I'm like, all right, it's fine. Right, I gotcha, know yeah. in one or two gigs, they're going to be like, we can we can do two hundred. Sure, it's perfect. Yeah. Like I play I play a place right now that I get paid one twenty five for three hours. Right, but I love the guy who owns it. I love the I love the place I play, and my yeah. friends always come out, and I always make money anyway. So it doesn't really make much of a difference. The thing about yeah. playing solo too is you get all the tips, and that adds up really quick. Really quick. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, neither did I. You sometimes you'd be walking out, you'd be like, "Holy <laughs> crap!" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's been a big one. You know, yeah, like I'd say like a hundred bucks in tips is like average like you know can make sometimes i make more than that sometimes i make way less for no reason like just because no one's listening but there's some sometimes when that happens yeah but it's about average 100 bucks which is like you know if you put that on top of whatever you're getting paid 200 or whatever then you know that's great it's good but the thing is is that if you're not make if you're not making any tips you're probably not working for it yeah and no and those are the people that bitch about you know, I need this amount of money. Yeah. It's like, well, then, or people that be like, I can't get booked anywhere, you know, but because they always want me to bring people out. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's a little bit part of it. Like, I mean, like, you don't have to bring out 30 people. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the most expensive thing in a restaurant is an empty seat. If you bring in, like, four people once or twice, yeah. most of the time they'll be like, cool. Yeah, I mean, exactly. like they just made money off of you, so it doesn't make a difference. They're, they're, yeah. they're all even and they're good, but people people complain about that. But they're obviously not, you know, working it hard enough. You know what? It it's just like anything in life. It's just the you gotta have the right attitude. You have a positive attitude towards it. Mm-hmm. Know that you're doing it because you enjoy playing music first and foremost. Yeah. And and just approach just your dealings with other people and your dealings in life with a kind of positive attitude. Generally things kind of, you know, rather than being like, oh no, this, oh yeah. no, that, you'll be like, oh, what about maybe a bit more this? And mm-hmm. I feel really good about this. Just, you know, if you, if you approach things like yeah, that, absolutely. I have noticed it's just a game changer. Well, I, since, since I got sober, yeah. that's sort of what changed everything for me, which yeah. I, I didn't know that you were as well. So I, well, once I got sober, it changed everything for me because um, one, I, w- I was less depressed about literally everything for sure. um and because i was less i felt less guilty i always felt like when when you're drinking and doing drugs and everything like that you always after once you're back to sober you're you're always guilty you always yeah. feel guilty about something you said or did or whatever it is so yeah. that knocking sense off, of impending doom like what did i do that feeling I never that feeling. not knowing what happened the night before having pe- the the thing i was so sick of is being explained what i was doing or what oh, yeah, i was yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. was the word and it was my wife and yeah. and I mean, she's unbelievable. The fact that she stuck it out as long as she did, and, yeah. and you know, luckily now everything's cool. Yeah. But uh, but 
since I got sober, that's essentially what made what made this show. Yeah, it was it was I had more time. I wasn't spending all my time in a bar. Like I would literally, I used to work when, but pre pandemic, I used to work five seconds away from my local bar. Like right. the one that I always go to. So I would always be like, oh, I'm going to take lunch. And I'd go over there and I'd, I'd be there for like two, three hours just drinking my face off, come yeah. back, and then have to sit at work and sober up before I went home for dinner. Yeah. And, and it was just like that was like a normal thing. Now, like I'm, I wake up at 530 in the morning. I walk two miles every morning. Yeah, I come right back. On. I do all my work. And then by the time my wife wakes up and starts getting to work, I'm usually I'm running errands. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to my warehouse and I'm practicing. I'm recording. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the bathroom writing because I don't want to bother her. That's yeah. a nightmare. Um, so I, there's <laughs> this now I have all this time. Yeah. That's, that's not the consumed. one thing, isn't it? It's just time. Yeah. yeah, so much time, yeah. and it's really not. I really haven't seen that much difference in money. Uh, like most people were like, "Oh, you're gonna, you must have saved a lot of money." Maybe I don't know because I think I've spent it more. I've spent <laughs> more on my now. music, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it but it's it's crap. It's 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 sort of like curated everything that I own. Um, that is like I'm proud of what I do. Sure, I love what I do, and uh, and I w- I wouldn't give it up for the world. And and the the one thing that I'm very happy about is that my sobriety led me to all of it yeah. because I bought that I bought that thing before I was sober but I didn't it didn't click until after yeah. and then once once I had the time and I had the right headspace and everything like that I was like oh it's just like all of a sudden just like everything opened up and it was like a totally different world yeah I think that you know for for me I can totally relate to all of this because my solar set has come on leaps and bounds since mm-hmm. I've been sober it wasn't even really a thing prior to it yeah. it was like occasionally I'd do it just because someone would ask me, but it was it something, and and um, you know, and yeah, it's became a thing over the pandemic and in my sobriety, and it's because yeah, you know, it's like with, with the solo set and the looping and everything. There's a lot goes into it. There's a lot of thought goes into it. Mm-hmm. A lot of kind of sort of critical thinking and quite sort of like scientific thought has to go into how am I actually going to do this? Mm-hmm. And you know, if you if you wake if you're waking up at like one p.m with a hangover every day you just don't have time to do it no because no. <laughs> you're you're cause going out and drinking and 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 whatever all that stuff that sort of wastes most of the next day yeah um and if you're doing it four or five days a week then you're basically shot yeah, and then exactly. you have then you have like your fridays and saturdays that you're playing like i was playing with my band and stuff like that and i played with this country band i, I was playing a lot and i really right, was yeah, yeah. um but yeah, it was too. just like i was getting into a situation where i was i would have my rule don't drink the day of the show but I would get wasted at the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I wasn't having to control, like when I was playing with the country band, I didn't really, I wasn't like the, wasn't like the quote unquote like leader of that. So I like, right. I, I didn't what really you, have to worry about. Playing? I just showed up. You know what right. I mean? I just showed up and I, I played some drums and drums, I got my right. check and I left. So yeah. that's why I was like, I'd booze it up. I don't give a shit. It's free. You know, yeah. like whatever. Like that. People buy his drinks. <laughs> we're playing Kenny Chesney all night. Who gives a damn? Yeah. Um, but you know, with other bands, it was a little bit different because I had invested interest in it. Yeah. So I mean, now because. Uh, it's the only thing I think about. It, it's it's it showed me like if I would have just focused a little bit more on certain things, I probably would have been even further than I am now. Even though I'm super happy with where I am, I'm not I'm, I'm not mad about it at all. Yeah, just wish I would have done it earlier. That's all. Yeah, me too. Yeah, tell me about it. But um, you know, I think that the other thing, the reason that it's been a lot easier for me to do sober is just the scheduling part of it and i don't panic about stuff like i'll give you an example someone asked me to do this thing i had to play um i had some country guitar lines yeah tracks and um and like i had to just sort of learn 
three hours of music in two weeks. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. I'm mm-hmm. just going to do it. And it, and I would have... Two things would have happened prior to me getting sober. I would have turned it down because I was just like, sounds like too much work. Mm-hmm. Or I would have agreed to it and then just done a terrible job yeah, of it because yeah. I didn't practice. <laughs> I've done but, that so many times, getting yeah. hired and then just showing up and just being a disaster piece. The yeah, but, time. I, but I, you know, I did my due diligence. I, I showed up and, mm-hmm. you know, for what it was worth, it was pretty good. You know? yeah, so, you're a stronger man than I. I would have said no straight up. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, nah, it's okay. And I think that's also, too, another thing that I've learned. I've learned to say no yeah. um, with things that I'm just like, I, I don't want to put the effort into it right now because I know my effort is used better other places well there's some stuff in that country stuff that i wanted to learn to be honest with you because it, we, there's kilbillies is a big mix of stuff and we right now we're really strong in the irish kind of section of the stuff mm-hmm. but we've been neglecting the americana in the country and i just wanted to see if there's anything in there that i that stuck you know yeah i mean so, a lot of it's four chord stuff and super yeah. easy and oh, well we kind of speed everything up and double time it and stuff but um yeah. it just uh you know like with you know i want some of those just sort of heavy hitters that like you know that everyone knows you know because mm-hmm. occasionally it's nice to drop some of those and we do have them but it'd be nice to freshen do you do, them up do you do bit. whiskey glasses morgan wallen no should we do Ooh, that that's a that's what i get re- that request all the time interesting morgan wallen right, whiskey write that glasses. down we'll do that one <laughs> it's, a, it's a really really good tune. add it too. to the bazillion tunes with whiskey in the title that yeah exactly <laughs> that's country man yeah. four years in country radio man like the, i i everybody dogs on country everybody dogs on country to, and i understand it but the the people behind the veil of country music yeah they are some of the most clever the most the, the best musicians like meeting all of these guys like the the bands that back up these artists that you know yeah they are top notch oh yeah like, absolutely the most professional the, the they they love everything they do they're so good there's so many people that are behind the scenes in country music that are way better than anybody that you see on your screen or hear on your radio yeah it's incredible yeah totally um I was just earlier when you were when you were saying you had all these kind of notes you had written from all of our other episodes. Mm-hmm. One of the thing, I think this would be quite an interesting thing to talk about because I've been thinking about it lately because uh, just I think maybe just because I'm focusing a little bit more on on just how many reggae bands there are down here and yeah, stuff. One of the things that you had written on your thing, you'd written cultural appropriation. Oh, you wrote that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like. So it's you had because, mentioned it, yeah, and I have a funny relationship <laughs> with that because, um, you know, even I, I've got a lot of Irish blood, but I'm I was born in England and I play Irish music, so sometimes I kind of feel like maybe mm-hmm. th- that's culture. I don't know, you're cultural. I'm, I'm Irish, know. so yeah. you got to pass from me. You're good. <laughs> they they, they mistake the, you for Irish at like every single show. Well, every I'm also show. I'm half Cuban and half Irish, right? Oh, so but you, you would have never Cuban. known that I was Cuban yeah. at all. That's funny. So where does your do do you have any thoughts about that regarding reggae and 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 like how do you kind of go about sort of thinking well I can you know in terms of singing with an accent and stuff like that how does that sit with you Yeah so um I do have an issue there's like there's some people that I've encountered doing reggae that like really lean into it and they're like the the you know like the yes i thing like i get it every once in a while this that and the other but the people that are are like every every word is just like written in the this is how you act reggae handbook like reggae 101 handbook and and predominantly white dudes and i'm always like it always just like weirds me out like if you're really if you if you subscribe to zion if you subscribe to zionism and that's like your thing cool 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 but if yeah. you're doing it just because you're in a reggae band, 
that kind of weirds me out. But yeah. the thing is, like that that patois sound, I believe is the is part of the heart of reggae music because yeah. if you listen to the, I know you just can't do certain things without it. It's hard not to because it's part of. It's just like. It's just like a, another instrument yeah. because the rhythm is in the vocals because yeah. everything is doing chicka, chicka. It's all twos and fours or right. just three. You know what I mean? Right. So if you, you came have over to have and it was some... one fine day in the middle of the night, it just wouldn't be reggae. It's <laughs> that would be the monster mash, for Christ's <laughs> <laughs> but that, sake. But that's the thing is that it's a, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother instrument that's that, added. <laughs> it's a whole nother instrument that's added um, with just rhythmically. And, and, I try my hardest to not do it all the time. Well, the, you know what it's like. There's a it. You, everyone has their version of what they think is like enough without it being too much. Yeah. You know, and I think some people pull it off and others don't. But then, who am I to say? Who am I to judge? You well, know? that's the thing too. Is that like it's literally like any. I don't know. It's it's a really tough one. But I just know yeah. for for me personally, like I've met people that just dive a little bit too deep into it and um and. And I'm just like, okay, like I yeah. I get it, but it's just like. Has anybody ever called you out on it though? Me personally, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. everybody. I mean, like I I've been I have two hip hop albums. Like I I have always been like the the white boy that's been it's been in hip hop and reggae the my entire yeah. life. Okay, cool. So right. it's like I've sort of just been just been hanging out in the shadows the entire time. <clears throat> like, so nobody's hey. ever really called me out for it. But I yeah. see it, and I'm I'm aware of it. It's not that I'm not sure. Um. So like I like I said, I try not to you know, do too much of it. But every once in a while, it's like impossible to not because you feel it. Like, I mean, like I, when I play, I dance, like I can't help it because that's, that's what the music does to me. And that's what the music does to people. And that's, that's sort of the point. Yeah, totally. One of my friends, you know, because with Sonic Boom 6, there was a lot of, we, we used patois sometimes, you know, for the, some of the more reggae stuff. And, and, and like just recently, Barney, who's been used to be to kind of thinking, writing lyrics in that style and all that kind of thing, wrote something on Twitter that was a little bit of patois, and he got and some people got mad about it and like 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 but and and you know and he had to rethink it and I I think it's just important to always remember that to always remember that if it's not exactly what you are, you got to tread a bit carefully. Yeah, I mean <laughs> you know? nowadays you do. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's I think that you can get away with it for the most part as long as you're not I mean like I stay away from the blah, blah, like I don't <laughs> right, do any right. of that stuff. I yeah, yeah. I try and I try and keep it as tame as possible. And I think if you if you do that and you just you just let you let the sound sort of lend itself to the music, I yeah. think you're you're you should be fine. I really That's, haven't seen too many people get called out itself about it. to the music. Exactly that. My favorite um like scar artist is chris murray and um do you know that guy is a solo you would you're just gonna love him when okay. you find it, I gotta check love it out. yeah um, i was hoping to hear about new music tonight. it's so. super like simple it's just him and an acoustic guitar and um he was in a band called king apparatus that were a third i know scar king band. apparatus yeah. yeah that sounds familiar and then he uh then after that he just went solo and and um and he's been solo for a long time. I've known him ever since. I back in England. He used to come over to England. He was on Moonscar, and so were we. And we used to Moon do Sky Records. Yeah, is that we, the one? Is that the Pie Tasters record? Um, record Toasters. Game? Toasters. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there was a Moonscar Europe. Oh, there was. Yeah, and um, was run by this guy called Lol. But that's closed down now. It's not mm. a thing anymore. But American Moonscar is still there. But um, yeah. Anyways, uh, he used to come over and we'd tour with him and stuff. But and and he just if you 
if you <laughs> if there's such a thing as as having like a perfect amount of of, of like knowing how to do that mm-hmm. in my head is Chris. Mm-hmm. He just nails it. Yeah. So anyway, you're, with, with the yeah. the right amount, the right amount of yeah, just on using top. using language to serve the music mm-hmm. uh, only. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I mean, kind of not getting could, past that point. Yeah, though. because it, it it's still like the the music sort of calls for it at points in time, and yeah. you got to know yeah. when and where it's appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Especially yeah. now, it takes a bit of <clears throat> intelligence. I mean. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, like there's like I I have songs, reggae songs, where I don't have any like tinge or or any accent to my voice, and then there's some reggae songs that I have a little bit more of an accent. And it sounds a little bit different than me, just because that's. That's what either inspired the song. Like I was listening to, I was listening to like a Toots and the Maytal song, or you know something like that. But if I was listening to fucking Ballyhoo or something like that, it's going to sound like White Boy Reggae, yeah, because that's what inspired me. But if yeah. it's but if it's Patois that inspired me, then it's it's naturally going to come out that way just because of my songwriter brain. It just ha- it has yeah. to fit into that. Space. Yeah, totally. It's it sounds that you're making in putting in a row to make a piece of music. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, like you said though, the, the, the sounds and the and the way you do it fits the music. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I, only if the music asks for it. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. force anything into it if it's not necessary. Sure. And I also thought, you know, I want to repeat that like. I literally am not the gatekeeper of yeah, yeah. who's allowed to do what in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know but 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 I think it's <laughs> but I think it's an interesting question that I don't think enough people ask because there yeah. there are probably some people that are breaking breaking the the rules on that pretty heavily <laughs> and nobody's saying shit about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, and I've experienced a few of those people and some somebody should say something at some point in time. But I, I, sure, shit is not going to be made. <laughs> Absolutely not. But do you have a um, do you have a writing process when it comes to writing music? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's kind of hard. It, there's as time has gone on, different things have gotten me to write. Um, yeah. When I was when I was a kid, it was about um, I had a, a horrific relationship with my father, so like ninety percent of my music when I was a kid was like about my dad and oh, abandonment issues and bullshit man. like that. When I was like. 14 like I really even knew what that means but at the time I was just I was I was writing stuff that I thought that's the way I should feel and then like 10 years later I'm like okay I probably was probably was the right feeling but the the wrong way to express it and then that turned into I was up until really I don't know I think my my dad was probably a subject of almost every song I wrote Probably wow. up until I was like 25, 26, something oh, wow. like that. Yeah. Thirty three now. So it took me a while to really shake that. But but that was like the source of the source of everything. But it would just literally be a conversation. Um, it, then back then it was it was music. When I listened to music, you know, whatever I listened to, I was like, I want to emulate that. So I would write. I'd listen to Newfound Glory. I'd write ten songs that sounded exactly like Newfound Glory. Yeah. And then I would get bored. And then yeah. I listened to something new, and I would write 10 songs that sound exactly like that new thing and it took me a long time to be like take little pieces here and put them here and kind of create my own sound but I mean I think the songwriting process really changes I mean if if you're a songwriter yeah um, it's I don't know if you're a songwriter a little bit okay so (laughs) so you know that there's a the at any point in time anything could make you write a song whether it's a, a single lyric or if it's a progression or if it's just a beat like yeah. if you hear it, like sometimes I hear a drum beat and my brain goes fucking bananas. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm hearing all these things. I'm hearing violins. I'm hearing all this stuff. But then when you get back, you get actually, and you have your guitar in your hand, nothing comes out. 
It's the yeah. weirdest situations. So. What it is with me is I get that. I get some Dominic Delaney when he came on put it perfectly. He said he's a participator. It's a, sometimes I yeah. hear I hear something, and I just it's got I I got to do it. I got to mm-hmm. have it for my own. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like there's certain riffs I'll hear or certain kind of lyrical turns of phrase, and, and it's like you know. I just sort of get this feeling where I'm like, somehow this has got to turn into something that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, that's that's 100% true. I, I listen to certain melodies because I, I, I'm a melody junkie. I love, yeah. love, 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 love melodies. Melodies is the always, and to I always listen to the melody before I listen to the words. And right. it took me a long time to be, to really pay attention to my lyrics. Excuse me, this hair is going nuts. Um, it took me a long time to pay attention to my lyrics because I just really didn't give a shit about them. I was just right. like, as long as it's catchy, I yeah. can sing watermelon 15 times, but as long as I do it in a catchy melody, you're going to sing it back to me. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. And in all reality, that's 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 how everything works. Fucking baby sure. shark for Christ's sake. Yeah. So, but but that's <laughs> but that's the that's the world we live in, and we've always lived in. It never mattered what the lyrics were. Yeah. And but but the people that are able to write good melodies, like songs like Wonderwall, it's just not about anything. You know? <laughs> it's not really about anything. But then there's yeah. some songs that have beautiful melodies and they have great. Um, and they have great messages to it. Like yeah. one of the things, uh, m- how me and Dominic became friends was over Frank Turner. Yeah. And uh, my, I'm gonna go see him on Friday. Oh, at Fest. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Um, was it, uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of bands. Uh, Into it over at Pet Symmetry, two bands that I really, really dig that that yeah. are at Fest. I'm really pissed that I'm missing it. Anyways, um, so uh, so Frank, uh, the my love affair with Frank started in like 2007. I I took a bunch of CDs, like literally stole CDs from my friend one time. Right. And I had to call him up and tell him that I stole it because I needed to know who the fuck this guy was. Yeah, And yeah. I listened to his love song on Ire. Right. And uh, I listened to this these songs, and I was like, this guy doesn't have a fantastic voice, but for some reason everything he's singing is like getting, like I would, he would literally make me cry. Yeah, tell me about it. And I was I was listening to this album and sobbing. Yeah. And I'm like, what is happening right <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah. And all I wanted to do was write music like that. And yeah, me I, too. to this day, still haven't been able to do do something like that yeah i feel like eventually down the line i might be able to find something but it's so hard to get something that's, that's a beautiful that's, melody and an emotion have you ever heard that i don't know if you would have done and you probably haven't but just out of curiosity have you ever heard of a, a song that we wrote called honesty mm-hmm. you ever heard that song i'll play it to you later it is i'm, I'm pretty sure that like I'd, I'd just been starting to listen to frank turner and that's the first thing that came out and it just it sounds exactly like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, because that's what, because you're, you're bringing, you're, it's going in one ear and that's going through your CPU and, and trying to push out something that sounds just like it so that you yeah. can be like, I can do what he does. It sounds like try this at home. Yeah. It sounds oh, really? just like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's, one of, it's one of those things that you try and, as a, as a songwriter, you always try and emulate whatever you want to listen to. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's entirely too close. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. but that's the thing. But that's what makes that's what makes you a better songwriter is yeah. understanding that, moving on, and then f- figuring out how to be able to use those bells and whistles to write your own tunes. Yeah, totally, man, absolutely. Um, so, uh, what else we need to ask you here? There were, I already know the answer to the question: Do you practice? And it is yes, and a yeah. lot by the yeah. I, pra- I, pra- I literally <laughs> practice today. I'll be yeah. honest; like I was actually sort of nervous because um, I like like when I was in like. I don't know, after I graduated high school, I got the opportunity to open up for uh, Bowling for Soup at Revolution. And it was a absolutely sold out thing. It was like, it, unbelievable. Not nervous at all. Huh. Two people in a room, fucking terrified. 
don't know what it is. I know what you mean. Small, I, small, yeah. little, intimate things. I'm terrified all the time. Yeah, I do the I same feel, thing. Yeah. I do the same thing. I was in a Nirvana tribute with Justin, and sometimes we played it like you know, five hundred thousand people or whatever, and you know, over on Clematis or uh, the Kelsey or whatever, and. uh you know, tons of people. I could just look out, and it was just like they just kind of all melded together. It was just mm-hmm. one ball of people. Yeah, you know? yeah, and you exactly. up here but, doing, but I'll play stare. Yeah, but yeah, but I'll I'll play at a pub or something with with uh, Killbillies, you know, and and you know, I mean, maybe there's 50 people in there or whatever, but it's like you know, but it's a pretty large room or something, so they're pretty scattered. scattered yeah. And it's like I try to like you know smile and like scan the room, but like I find like I find that I'm locking eyes with a lot of people, and then I get like panic mode. Like, why are they staring at me? Yeah. What, did I, what did I do? <laughs> What, what did I, I, I fly doing? down? What's going on here? You know. <laughs> yeah. I, I've definitely got a, a kind of a, a thing that I do where I just where I just defocus my eyes so that mm-hmm. I don't end up looking at directly at someone. As every now and again, I will purposefully engage with people, you know. Mm-hmm. But like most of the time. I'm kind of looking just in between two people, you know. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I focus and I'm like, call me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my rule is sound. I, I, from the most part, are paying attention because I mean, I have a lot going on in my my soul set. Yeah. So, but a lot of times, I'm usually have my eyes closed and I'm just going whatever. And then when I hear a reaction, that's when I open my eyes. Oh, and I sort of focus. Where was that? Yeah. And then that's because I think one of the things too is that like my the great thing about doing solo is I try to write a set list for myself. One time, disaster. That was such a dumb mistake. I literally I have a song that I know that I start with, and then I gauge the crowd. All right, they kind of like the little slower stuff. All right, let's do another one a little slow, and then just sort of go as as it goes. So my whole set is based on where I'm playing. I'll never play the same set twice because it's how people react to it. Because if people like the older stuff, then you're going to play more of the older stuff. If they like the newer stuff, you're going to like the newer stuff. It's like a lot of times I play like full sets that I play a bunch of originals. And everyone's like... I'm like, really? Okay, cool. And and I love places like that that you could be able to do that. But I think it's just like if you're focusing on a reaction all the time. Yeah. It's it's sort of tough. I don't care if people don't clap. Also, you can't treat you can't treat these three four hour gigs the same way as you would like a concert because there's it's not building up to a crescendo at the end. You might have three or four gigs within the gig. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You have like the early crowd where sometimes you just background music. Then maybe it'll peak massively in the middle set. You know, and then the last hour sometimes you're just kind of like riding it out, dwindling out. I've been I played a show at a Kava bar that booked me and they paid me decent money and everything like that. It was like a really small place and I played for three hours straight because the crowd yeah. loved it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why am I stopping? I'm here to entertain. I play a cover bus too. I quite like it. Yeah. And yeah. every once in a while that'll happen where I'll, I'll do my first set. Um, I'll play for an hour and I'll take a 15 and I'll come back on. And I realize like once I get to the end of that second set, everyone's still digging it. I'm like, well, I'm like, yeah. stop it. And I can, with my setup or with the solo setup, if you're doing, some music stuff. I have the melodica. I have the kazoo. I, I have tons of things. I don't have to do my voice the entire time. Plus, yeah. I'm looping. So it's sort of like I can take a rest mm-hmm. and come back and everything like that. So it's nice. Yeah, it's um, totally But yeah, nice. but sometimes, sometimes you just got to feel it and just keep going. It's a little bit like a kind of uh, a stepping stone between musician and DJ, the looping thing. Mm-hmm. Because you can set a vibe, you know? Yeah. And it, like, you can't really... Although I hate being called a DJ. Yeah, I feel that. Ugh. But the, the Abby Owens is one of the very few... She's a wonderful singer-songwriter mm-hmm. from around here. She's one of the very few people I know who, just with her guitar, can mm-hmm. set a vibe. 
She yeah. just has this ability to get a groove going that's just relentless, and then you know, and then the room is kind of breathing with her music. But uh, you know, but you can to- you can totally do that with with the su- you know with the with the looper. That's yeah, like, she has oh, like, yeah. a whole, awesome like, a, like a whole rhythm section thing going on yes, the whole time yeah. she's playing. It's, it's, and, it's, oh, really? and it's just yeah. her and her acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah. she's really it's good. Talent, man. Yeah, she's yeah. Really, I mean, she's some really people date some people. She like taps into something. She taps into this this groove, and then she's just in it. It's crazy. I mean, that and I think that people don't. People don't realize like all it takes is just like the like just one little one little hook that you get everybody and and if you just keep pulling at it keep pulling at it keep pulling at it you'll have everybody the entire night yeah, yeah it just it just goes back to what we were talking about before with effort like you have to put the effort in to find out what does the room want you're there to entertain yeah sure. so what does the room want what do these people want even though you're there you can't go in there and be like I'm me and I'm going to do me you can't <laughs> yeah. do that because yeah. it's not that's not the way it is if it's somebody coming to see you for 45 minutes like if it's the shake show yeah I'm, I don't give a shit what you want. I'm playing what we do. Yeah. We're going to do what we do for an hour. Yeah, yeah. But if it's me playing for three hours, I'll I'll play Backstreet Boys every song if you want me to. <laughs> yeah, totally. I have no problem with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Exactly. That's 100% right. You're entertainment for the bar. Yeah. On the subject of playing music, will you go and play us a couple of su- uh, tunes? You think? Absolutely. I'd be. I would love it. Fantastic. Awesome. Till I am numb to the brain goes dumb. I don't wanna see a little bit of you with me all day. And I don't ever wanna see the day you walk away. And we can do whatever, yeah, whatever you say. Just give me some, give me some, give me spoonfuls. I'll be sugar, sugar. I'll be sugar, sugar. I'm always asking you the question. The truth to try to find that little piece inside to hold on to. I'm going for me for all the answers, like I'm some oracle is true. Reality, the answer is I'm just so in love with you, yeah. And I've been waiting all of my life to find a leaf on something that's right. So, God. I wanna see a little bit of you with me all day And I don't ever wanna see the day you walk away We can do whatever, 
yeah, whenever you say, just give me some, give me some, give me spoonfuls. I'll be sugar, sugar. Like the whiskey tasted, even though I know the substance is mine erasing. Saying, Ooh, I don't wanna forget the night that you found me and it all felt right. Oh, and I've been wasting my time. I'm running around and trying to catch up to the light. And then you say that you waste your time when I want more drink is a way of life. And I've been waiting all of my life to finally find something that's right. All right. Till I am numb to the brain goes dumb. I don't wanna see a little bit of you and me all day. And I don't ever wanna see the day you walk away. We can do it every year whenever you say. Just give me some, give me some, give me spoonfuls. I'll be sugar, sugar. Fade away. Ooh, baby blue, why did you run away? I know that it's been really hard these days, and if you wanna give up all your hopes 
made is a disease way She's young and got no manga so she lead her way she coming from oh she know she has to feed in somehow but that that's not a overcome Look at her age so everybody said which I guess is good well go and compare to being ignored but she was on the floor not at him so over care oh oh ha But trying to be hurt can be really rough oh, She's just a girl in a great big world Looking for an escape Mom and dad, they want to know where she's at oh, Wonder why she give up everything she ever had Yeah, yeah, who parents see sad and wait Wondering where the baby wait Oh, oh, ooh, baby blue, why did you run away? I know that it's been really hard these days And if you want to give up all your hopes and dreams You might as well just fade away
This episode is sponsored by Handlebars Bar and Grill, which is a biker bar up in Tequesta, and it is a real cool spot. You should go check it out. um, It's for bikers, primarily, but um, anyone can go there and check it out. It's a local spot, so, um, you know, uh, a great way to get kind of flavor of of the vibe of the area honestly it's you know it's people who live around here and and uh, motorcycle enthusiasts and uh and you also get people coming in rat rods and and interesting muscle cars and stuff like that so if you're a petrol head of any kind it's a really cool spot also if you like good food it's a good place to come bernsey does a great job behind the grill there and um we've got music every saturday from six to nine and we do a bike night on Thursdays, and that is from uh, six to nine as well, and that's it's the second Thursday so of every second month. Second Thursday, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you should come down and check it out. They've got a bunch of beers on tap. It's a it's a really cool spot, and if you haven't been, it's definitely one of a kind. You should come and check it out. Cool. All right. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the songs that you played? Wait, before he does that, I have to like I just have to ask. Like, it looks like you have like. 12 arms like an octopus and you're just like you know going back and forth like it was ridiculous the coordination Thank was just you. ridiculous yeah it's amazing yeah, oh. I, it, it's we were talking about this earlier it's being a drummer yeah allows me to be able to work all four limbs at the same time yeah and i didn't know that that could really translate into like i'm i'm a master multitasker because of it Drumming, um, yeah. yeah and just so i was able to translate that skill to this, yeah, um, which is uh, which is a lot of fun, and uh, it that's like we were talking before. Not only is it music, it's to some people who don't know what it is. It's like a magic show. Like they yeah, don't they sure. don't know what's happening. Yeah, and then like the melodic, which comes is like out both and, a good and a bad thing because sometimes they don't realize that how that you really are doing something hard and awesome. You know, well, yeah, because that, that, <laughs> that goes back to what we were talking about. Like I hate being called the DJ. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a DJ, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Literally, yeah. nothing existed audibly until I got here. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. I brought a pack of CDs with me. Yeah, I literally yeah. created in front of your face. Well, you know, it's yeah. funny. You were you were setting up, and you were pulling some stuff, and you pulled out the stand, and then you put the the looper on there and stuff. And you know, in the looper, the the, the pads on it are like circular, so it mm-hmm. kind of looks like one of those little you know. Yeah, DJs. That, that, that one's a, that one's a little bit tough. Yeah, and, to I, it. and I'm looking at this thing, and you're setting up or whatever, and I, I hadn't noticed the guitar yet in the corner, and I thought. God, for some reason, I thought I remember him playing a guitar. Like, mm-hmm. I, get, I guess he's one of those like DJ kind of beatbox guys or something. And then you pull out the guitar. I was like, mm-hmm. "Whew, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is about to get really weird." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the 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 guitar thing was like a uh, that that was a necessity because I once I realized I wasn't going to be Dub FX, I was like, I need to put some some music behind this, and and you know, luckily, I was able to figure out how to be able to do the guitar with it. So, yeah, I've got um, what I'm trying to implement at the moment is I've got one of those little submarine pickups mm. and I use that for the duo to play I put my octave pedal through it so it's mm-hmm. only a, so it so it's just covers over the A and the E strings the E and the A strings at the bottom there and, and um, what I'm trying to get it to do now is to have one signal where I can just turn on an octave pedal off and on to do the bass lines but also have it so that when you know, because there's always like a B section in the song, yeah. but you don't have the bass line down for it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to access that with this little submarine pickup as well. That's, That's one of the hardest things is like with doing with the looping thing is a lot of people are like, can you play this song? And I'm like, no, because it's not four chords or I can't fake it. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of songs that I play in like the cover set that I play where uh, it's more than 
three chords or four chords, but you can fake it with three chords or four chords. Yeah. yeah. So j- the very first song where I go away from the looper, uh, I just put into my side, played Yellow from uh, from Coldplay. Yeah. And the, the chorus is a different chord progression than the rest of it. Do you do the thing with, do you tune it in that weird tuning that no. it's meant to be? Okay. No, no, no. I don't even know what the hell the weird turning is. <laughs> it I'll is tell so you right weird. now, like, regardless of what I do over there, I am very dim when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Right. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm a doer. I'm not really like a, a learner that much. Like, I, I gotcha. figured out those four chords. 20 years ago <laughs> and I have just been finding songs that fit in those chords for forever and that's essentially how I built everything so people yeah. ask me like oh you know like the, I don't even know what the hell tuning I only knew about. it was in a weird tuning I only found that out like two months ago because <laughs> I taught someone how to play it I went on looked up the tab and I was like what it has like an E flat instead of an E it's just a weird if you just Cold strum play? yeah if you just strum the guitar in this tuning, it sounds like, like it's so weird. Wow. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, you have to it's like, like fret it to even make it sound normal. It's, it's very strange. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea because it doesn't sound like that. It no, like and because chill. you think Coldplay, you think like CGA minor F. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, like yeah. I, I never assumed that Coldplay would do something weird like that. I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna. I guess uh, they're a band, so I mean. Yeah. After this, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune the guitar to it and show you. It's so strange. I'm very curious now. Yeah. yeah. I, somebody <laughs> asked me about that too. They're like, you know, do you do you ever think about tuning your guitar differently to make it easier to play songs? I'm like, I don't know how I can make it easier to play any of these songs. Right. Like yeah. I literally like every song that I play is like the easiest. There's version. a lot of bands that'll do a lot of cover bands that'll do like a half step down, so you don't have to sing as high. Yeah. But, but then I find that you got to sing lower. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? <laughs> yeah, there's there's tough ones. Like I, I always have to figure out what I what I did a long time ago is I used to write all these songs and I would blow my voice out singing them. And up until um up until recently, uh I was like I I every song I write, I need to make sure that it's in my key. I've just started doing that. Because yeah. I'm so sick of I've got all these super high songs. Yeah, yeah. I'm so yeah, sick yeah. of just blowing my voice out and yeah, if I word. can't find yeah. and like some songs like um somebody I used to know, Gautier. Yeah. So that song, it's either you sing it entirely, it's too low for me, or it's entirely too high. Yeah. It's it's a perfect song. I can put so many weird, cool things into it yeah, and really yeah. make it like a real experience for you to watch with a looper, but I can't fucking sing the song. So <laughs> <Yeah>. it's out. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, it's like I try to do it really high, but then I, I have to take a nap after. And then <laughs> yeah. the low, it's like you ba- you can barely hear me. I'm not Luther Vandross, for Christ's <laughs> yeah. sake. So it, it just it makes it it makes it sort of tough with some songs. But yeah. Yeah. it'd be a killer podcast if we did have Luther Vandross on here, right? <laughs> <laughs> just saying, I'm just saying, work on that, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been uh, he I've probably been has a home in Florida, most people do. Well, Everybody, Everybody does. does. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, Ben gave me a, a gave me a looper pedal, and I was, um, you know, to play around with and stuff. And I, I've been I've been kind of quasi half putting together a, a solo act. And my 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 shtick is that my cover songs are all like '80s new wave stuff. Dope. Um, and it's and it's fun, but I'm finding I'm finding kind of like what you're saying. I'm having to navigate these waters of like this is a badass song, and I want to put it in, and it's, it's very recognizable, and everybody's gonna love it. Mm-hmm. Shit, there's three parts to it. How am I gonna do that with the slew pedal? You know, like, makes it very tough. But yeah. you you could you you find out as you're playing through songs. Like what I do is even if there's different parts. I will just play the same chords and just try to sing the parts and see if they maybe sonically fake it a little bit. Sort of makes sense a little yeah. bit, or if you just like you can lay do that off. to Cecilia. You can just play Cecilia over the same over the one four five. Where, yeah, yeah and there's not have to, yeah, and there's a bunch of tunes like that exactly. Yeah, and the, the other thing I was going to say about that is you don't always have to have a bass line either. 
Like but, you could get the drums going and just yeah, kind of strum along. I can't along do with that. It. I always have to have a bass line. You got it. It's like always <laughs> the lo- the low end is everything. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, um, was it the low? That, that Amen, bass line, brother. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when you play. Especially most of the stuff I play is reggae music. So right, it's like yeah, if I don't have yeah, the bass, yeah, I'm, see that I'm ben, screwed. Ben's always well, trying to cut how, me out, man. <laughs> well, no, this is the first to go. You're being replaced. What I'll do with the B section is I'll go. I'll, I'll just drop the bass out for the B section because then when it comes back in, it's like mm-hmm. a thing. You know? Yeah. Like that's but how you I have get the, away with you it. have the foot pedal, right? Yeah. So I feel like it's e- – well, this is the one thing that makes it tough is because I'm playing the guitar and I don't have the option of turning off – I have five pots. Right. I don't have the option of turning them off individually unless I bought a uh, pedal board. I only have, I, I only have the all start, all stop. And then the one pop. Okay. So, so the the problem is that if I want to do that, I literally have to go. And, right. Yeah. Which yeah. I can do at points in time, but like there's the sloppy times. I did it one time at practice where I went to go do it, and my hand didn't go up fast enough, far, far enough, and yeah. I punched it. I almost <laughs> lost the whole. It toppled over. I was like, oh no! Oh. I had to grab it before I went down. That so would I, suck <laughs> at a gig. <laughs> that's why it's like. So I, I try. I try not to um, keep it simple. I try to keep it as simple K- as kiss. possible. Keep it simple, stupid. But that's the thing is that like putting all the effects and everything like that. It adds back whatever was taken away by not changing all the chords so yeah. it's like you're still giving some of the mystic you know sounds and it's new things right that people are listening right the to. nuance is yeah. a, it gives the illusion of change yeah you yeah. put a little delay and some reverb on people are like whoa <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're mesmerized um especially so after did, a few drinks <laughs> the, do those songs have any particular meaning to you is there a reason why you chose to play them or is it more about the jamness of them um, okay, so uh, the first one I played was called Sugar Sugar. I wrote that. I was listening to this reggae artist named Joe Sambo, and right. he's relatively new, and uh, he's got this this just like r- really sick swagger about him when he sings. And I was listening to a lot of his stuff, and I was like, oh, this is really, really cool. And I came up with that, um, go put the little in my glass. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And just keeping that same thing. Yeah. I didn't have an idea for what the actual song was. And then what the song now is, it's it's a song about like like swooning, like going after a girl. Right. But it's three different techniques. So at first it's like oh, the, the, the first verse is, um, I always ask you a question um, like you're some oracle or it's about being like hyper dependent on the person. Right. And then the chorus comes in, you know, I love you, you know, you know, g- you know, give me your sugar, sugar. That didn't work. Okay. Now let's try being like really cool about it. So it's like, Ooh, smooth, just like the whiskey tasted, <laughs> even though, so now it's like, okay, that didn't work. So now the third one is just playing the lead line and dancing. It's like, now I'm just going to try and trance you with my body. <laughs> and, 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 that, and that, so that's, that's essentially, it goes through yeah, the, that goes through the wave. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I wrote this well after I was married. I'll ask my <laughs> but um but yeah it's like kind of goes through the wave so it's not really like a like a really meaningful song yeah um but it does have it does have a, a thought process a storyline and it certainly it. has a mental image now all i can think of you is is, is it, you dancing entrancing right? people with your so body. when it when it gets when you listen back to it when you listen back to it and it gets to the part where it's just me playing the riff you're gonna be like Oh, <laughs> now, now this is awkward. Ben, Ben's gonna text me about three a.m. tonight yeah. and go. I can't unsee this. Can't unsee <laughs> Even though his midsection is covered, I can still see him gyrating. How is he doing? I can't unsee it. Um, yeah, because I, I, I love. I, I mean, like I, I the music that I play. I love. I love my music, yeah. and I love dancing to my music. And yeah, right up on. until recently, I didn't do it in my show, and then now it's like. I like I want it. I want 
to be able to get all wireless everything and just walk around and dance because once I start moving around, people start moving around too. The thing is like you know entertaining people. Yeah, yeah. Like sure, that. man. Yeah. Um, so that that yeah. song that song is essentially like that. The second one, Baby Blue, is just a tune that I wrote. Um, and it's like my wife's favorite song. Like she just oh, absolutely cool. loves it. Uh, not really a meaning behind that. It's it's about a girl who's just having a hard time, sort of, um, sort of uh, fitting in. Sort of like, I guess, to a point. I'm thinking about it now. Um, when I grew up, I was in high school uh, in like a bu- with a bunch of rich kids, and I was like the. I would lived in the poor section of the rich neighborhoods, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. So it was sort of like you're always trying to fit in when you're in school. Everybody's sort of normal. And then outside of it, people go home to their mansions and other people go home to their shacks. But they're still in the same school district. So it's like it's a story about a girl who's just trying to sort of find herself. And then she runs away. And you're wondering why because it seems like she has everything. Um, but you know nobody really knows what's going on underneath the surface. Oh. So that that's sort of the story. But I mean, once again, not like doesn't like pertain. That's got that's got some meat to it. That one. Yeah, I mean, I tried to like I said, like I wasn't really focusing on my lyrics a, a lot up until um, up until probably about like a year or two ago. I got really serious about it. Probably right. probably like I don't know five or six years ago, I was like, I need to write some like real poetry. Yeah. And it, those songs will never be heard by anyone. <laughs> they, were, they were horrific. I was trying to use Fire, how I lost after you. Dude, the words. No, this is, this, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been through this, this period in your songwriting career, but have you ever gone to the thesaurus to write? The like source. The, the, the source. Oh, the, oh I, yeah, absolutely. The source. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so that was, and I was like, I literally had a rhyming book and I had a yeah. thesaurus, and I was like, I got to find better words. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Because because a song like, Ooh, Baby Blue, Why Did You Run Away? Perfect. No yeah. fancy words, yeah. no nothing, but it's a good melody, and yeah. it's got a little bit of a story to it. So that's, I that's had to cool. learn, I learned this late, probably, it probably finally hit home about five years ago, that people don't want, were wordy songs no they don't they want to understand what you mean that's all mm-hmm. they want yeah. you know? and if you're going to do if you're going to do a lot of words because the two songs that I played were actually relatively wordy if you're going to do a lot of words make sure they either have a good melody or a good rhythm yeah I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily mean lots of words I mean like l- sort of highfalutin oh words. yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. It, it's much better. Words like highfalutin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like highfalutin is what people who don't know the word sophisticated say. <laughs> but anyway. No, I think more I, people know sophisticated than highfalutin. <laughs> I, I think know. most people think that's a woodwind instrument. Right. <laughs> right. I don't think they're, think they're catching on. It sounds like the old West. <laughs> highfalutin. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, What's uh, happened? <laughs> Derailing quick. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, yeah. So getting back to that, what I was trying to say is, with writing songs, um, getting the meaning across is the important thing, mm-hmm. you know. And usually in songs, that is with simple language. Mm-hmm. You know? it, but do you ever have a situation where you write a song and you don't know what it's about until somebody asks you? Sort of, yeah. I've got, they generally aren't very good songs, though. Mm-hmm. I, my best songs are ones that I know what they're about pretty much from before I started writing them. Yeah, I, I think there's, when you, put a lot of, when you put a lot of thought process into it, I think maybe you might trick yourself into thinking that. Because there's a lot of times when I didn't right. realize what a song was until after, after I wrote it and played it and everything yeah. like that. And somebody goes, well, what's that about? And after I sort of think about it, I'm like, just like what just happened right now yeah. with Baby Blue. Like, I didn't even make the correlation of 
you know, poor kid living about a, uh, around a bunch of rich kids. I didn't think about how that correlated to me. Yeah. I just thought that was just like that yeah. was just the box I was writing in. Yeah. But it just so happens that it actually is sort of autobiographical to a point. Yeah. I have got quite a lot of like automatic writing style song ideas on my phone that mm-hmm. aren't about anything and every now and again I'll go into them and pinch lines for other yeah. stuff mm-hmm. you, know? like, you had uh, a really good line I wrote it down hang on oh, cool. you had a really good line uh, she cries in cap locks okay, in caps lock in caps yeah, locks because yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. her uh, yeah. tears crawl in the key oh, I was, yeah. you said that I was like damn <laughs> you know you ever you ever hear something and you're like I wish I could have wrote that yeah I could have wrote that damn it uh, yeah. that's exactly what when you uh, what that's song awesome. was that it's um Fairweather Friends oh man I, I you you said that line and I was like damn it that's good oh that's awesome that yeah that, 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 that was, I, was I had to write it down I was like it's going in the list yeah yeah that's one of my bad ones we're playing a festival in a couple of weeks two we, weeks we, two we, weeks yeah we gotta play that to see if we can pull that out of our asses yep yeah, yeah, we haven't played that tune. one in a while. All that your your whole solo thing was was really good. It was. Oh, thanks, man. It's like you. I uh, mean, both of you guys are. are you know what you musicians. were talking about with? You know what you were talking about with? Um, do you ever use different tunings to make it easier? Mm-hmm. When I'm doing that with nothing you do. else, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I was gonna yeah. say because I was watching you, and I was like, "That's not standard." E. I don't yeah. know what the hell he's doing. I was in C, G, and, and you then... sit there and tune it. Yeah, I don't have the patience. It's for that uh, but it's crazy. I, when we're at a show, like it blows my mind. He's sitting there, like we'll finish a song. It's like ringing out, and then he just reaches up and goes, "Oh, by ear," and then starts playing the next song. And I'm like, "Get out of here!" Where's the tuner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. perfect pitch. It's ridiculous. You do? Yeah, he does. He'll tell you he I, does it. You know what? I have, curse, I have huh? really good mm-hmm. relative pitch. Mm-hmm. I if. It's damn near perfect. I, man. I definitely get like stage fright if someone goes sing an E now, you know. But no, like, but but we'll but, be at practice and I and I'll come up with some idea or something and I'll I'll, uh, I'll uh, you know I'll I don't know I'll, I'll play a couple of things for him or whatever and and it's like or he'll just hear he like hear the recording of it you know I'll play it on my phone I go oh I had this idea here listen to this and he's like. All right, so what was that like an E and a G and then an F and then I hate like, people like that. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> I hate when people do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just makes me so aggravated. It's like, damn it, that's like the like one thing I want. I want to be able to look because I can't listen to something. And be like, I'm always I, to this day. Like, if if you ever come see my my solo show, I'll rip a solo. Right. I am a bomb bomb soloist in pentatonics. Sick. I have no idea what I'm playing. <laughs> but I know I know if I stay, if these three chords, that pentatonic, nothing's gonna sound wrong. I'm just gonna wail on it. Yeah. And, yeah, that, and yeah. people are like, whoa, you're such a good guitar player. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Got it, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I have no idea what I I'm, I'm such a subpar guitar player, but I I, I make up with it gusto. I guess. That's awesome. Well I think you got a lot of flair on the guitar actually I was watching a, a, you play online the other day and you you're, I think you're very good at it. But oh, anyway, let's have a look at um, some of your gear. Let's Ooh. get into that part. So Behind wh- curtain number one. Here we go. Can you tell us what about the Well, that's, a, that's a guitar pick. Yeah. Um, so we <laughs> use those on our guitars. <laughs> uh, that is the RC505. Um, that is loop station pedal. The, uh, not, um, not a pedal. It's a hand loop station, and it's the brain of my entire show. Um, so the... The RC505 is what came after the 303, which is the pedal version of it that everybody uses now. Um, and it was um, primarily made for beatboxers. That's the reason why it has faders on it and everything like that and every all the things for your hand. 
on the top uh, left corner, I don't know which people will see. You'll see it says input effects. It has three pots, A, B, and C, for input effects that go directly on all five of those inputs, um, depending on which one is selected. And on the other side is track effects, which takes over the entire thing. So you can be able to add reverb, delay, distortion. There, There is... A uh, hundred different effects on there, yeah, cool. and then on the other side they have filter. They have a beat repeat, which is dope. Um, and something like when I play, um, when I play uh, that Bill Withers song, what the hell? Ain't it sunshine? Ain't it, yeah, that I know, I know, I know. I put on the beat repeat, and it just continues to play the same one over and over again yeah. until I stop it. So that's like cool. there's so that that's that's useful. But the the greatest thing about this is um, be, being a drummer, being a songwriter. Uh, playing music my entire life dynamics is everything so having the faders is the greatest thing ever because the way that i build almost every song is pot one would be my bass um pot one would be my drums my beatbox pot two is my guitar pot three is my bass and then four will be like a reverbed chord type of thing yeah and then five some wacky stuff or sometimes i don't even use it right um but that four i can use as i'm building up to the chorus i can bring up the fader yeah and then yeah. cut it and then yeah. come back in so that it sounds like there's this big swell yeah so the faders are fantastic but uh that's yeah totally you know if the, if there's a pedal that goes with this that that has every there are because yeah. boss I, makes one I tell you what that I reckon my ideal situation would be that with a pedal with the five things on it mm -hmm. you know, yeah they they have one um I don't know what like I have the two pedal version of it so that's what right. I use is the fs6 and the yeah. fs6 has it has an a and a b and you have to buy a certain cable for it to work I think it's on your pedal board actually let's bring uh, yeah. it up Justin if you don't mind I think so yeah it's in that that fs6 boss fx6 in the bottom left corner yeah. um so that a uh, essentially starts the recording on pot two so for my guitar. So I'll lay down the beatbox first to create the tempo for everything else. And then um, I'll play around, mess around with some stuff, hit some things, talk a little bit, this, that, and the other. And then when I'm ready, I don't have to use my hand. I can use yeah. my foot, click the A, and then shut it off. And I, I, I've been kind of wavering back and forth whether I continue to want to do it because once the once the drums is down, I can really do it with my hand. I have enough time, but right. it just looks nicer and it, it, it sounds better, sounds more whole. Yeah. So um, and then the B is an all start all stop, which I used constantly. Sure. Yeah. Um, because for rhythmic purposes, uh, yeah. especially when I have uh, the delay and everything like that, since the guitar is already essentially playing, if I want to delay a chord, I hit that all stop and hit the delay, wah, 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 and then back yeah. in with the yeah. with the B again. So it's uh, it's it's fantastic. But they make one that is that's five pedals, yeah, and then can control everything. The all start all stop on my one on the RC three hundred. It's right in the top left hand corner. Oh. I have to reach really far to get it with my toe. That's a nightmare. <laughs> I just started using this pedal board before I was literally. Ju I just had the FSX. Right. That was the only thing I had, and it would sit in between the in between the the legs of my keyboard stand, and then. Um, because of the shake, I bought that delay pedal, and I was like, ah, you know, like, well, let me just put that in my solo set. And then yeah, I was man. like, well, I kind of like this pedal too. I'm gonna get that. So that that purple pedal is a Joyo XBI. It's a um, it's an octave pedal. Oh, cool. Uh, with a, the the bottom right um, knob is a modulation, so it has this rant, 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 rant sound to it on top of it, giving you the lows and the highs at the same time, and you can be able to control. Was that what you were using to for your bass sounds? Uh, no. So the the 
um, 505 itself has a That's guitar a, to bass feature, yeah, okay. and it's clean. It's as good. Hell. It's, it's good. Much so better clean. than the one in the RC300. Way better. It's so clean, yeah, and yeah. because with the acoustic, it makes a big difference. A lot of people yeah. don't like it because they use electric guitars right, with it. Right. But I've I've tried. I tried one time to use my electric, and I can't stand the way it sounds. It sounds much better with the gotcha, acoustic. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I just recently got that Super Overdrive pedal that I used a couple times with the, and surprisingly doesn't make the the. Acoustic sound absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's got I, a nice little kick to I it. I had that. I was using that pedal for a long time with my acoustic. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah the the uh, the reverb pedal is um, a Keyline uh, reverb. It's now every pedal that's on there is relatively the DD the DD three is probably the most expensive pedal on there. Yeah, um, and they're the, great. Even a great you know, pedal. They're, they're, there's they're a there's a higher one DD seven or something. Oh, there's like that. there's like a DD five hundred now. Oh, they're, Jesus. They're, but they're, yeah, it's way down the list in terms. Of, but I'm already I'd on Amazon. That DD three is great. Oh, I have one of those. It can do a lot. Yeah, what no, it he's is. talking to you while he's pulling up Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the DD three is great, and I just started getting into. Um, I just started getting into. I do, in a in a long set. I'll do like this like dubby song right. where I'll throw a delay on the bass and I'll lay down just like a one drop and I'll just play I'll literally sit on like on my knees the entire time and just mess with the delay yeah. pedal and it's so much and like you just yeah. you know, and then now I have all the other pedals I'm hitting stuff like that yeah but the the phaser pedal it's a twenty five dollar K phaser just like the MXR phaser like exactly the same it's 25 bucks the yeah. uh, XVI the Joyo I think is 40 bucks yeah the uh, K-Line 45 and the the Super Overdrive was like 50 bucks or something you're like that. taking me back I had the DD3 like that and I used to just keep that feedback alive just and keep bring I it back and then you toss up off. toss up the feedback and you toss up the uh, the effect level yeah. and then you just keep bringing up how fast the delay and, he's like, and it does this like winding sound it's fan- I use it a lot with the shake because yeah. that's like we're trying to like be like rough and like that's yeah. we just wrote a song recently where I where it's like in the song now like yeah, I just cool. did it to fuck around but now it's like actually in the song that's it's cool dope. I can't wait it's totally my part piece in Sony Boom Six was getting down on my knees and messing with the knobs on that exact pedal. Yeah, I yeah. would watch people do it and be like, man, that seems like such a pain in the ass. But now I'm like, this is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm having a blast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that 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 pedal is um, that pedal is great. I, I love that pedal. The other two pedal, the Wah pedal, I, bear, I I use for my solo set. Don't really use it too much because I that same pedal board I use for the shake and for. Um, my solo set, but the uh, the top pedal that Ernie Ball pedal is actually for my vocals for the shake because right, gotcha. I, I use that to be able to do some weird delay shit with my vocals. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But I don't use it for my solo set because that doesn't have an absolute zero. So I need on my on my mic I need like it to not do the rever- the uh, delay sound, but I, I for some reason can't get it to shut off. It has no off. It just like right. is like a little bit of delay. Which I can't gotcha. stand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. It's either it's either all or just like a, it's like I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm like what? Like yeah. why is that there? <laughs> little whispery voice. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, and it's a pain in the ass. So I don't use it for my solo set. I tell you what. I've had so much fun talking to you today. Yeah, this you're, is great. You are an ebullient yeah, man, just brimming with talent. And it's so much Thank fun. You. To have Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate it's it. A blast, man. Yeah, absolutely. And just hearing you play, and and you know, and just knowing the fact that you listen to the podcast and you care about it, that means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you know. I, I'm telling you, man. Like it, it's it's been great learning about the other people in our community and everything like that. And yeah. I've been really focused on trying to be more a part of the community. And yeah. uh, and and. That's why, like, when you asked me to do this, I was like, 
I've, I've been taking notes way before you asked me to do that. <laughs> and I was just like, one day they may ask me to go on the 561 Music Podcast, <laughs> and I'm going to be prepared. <laughs> so I've been taking notes for a long time. But it's, awesome. it's been great. To, and, you know, to be able to do it in live music community, obviously, like The Shake, we, we had a live stream here, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And I came back with Dominic Delaney. And yeah. uh, it, it's just been it's been really, really cool to have this. I told Justin this when the last time I was here. To be able to have um, a place like this, yeah, in our community with all of this equipment and all, everything top of the line stuff, and yeah, yeah, it's I just know it's that fantastic. Means the world the to Justin, it's it's it's, it, it's definitely uh, it is great that it's here, and I'm so grateful to work here. This is great. He had, yeah, great. he had a vision, you know, when when he moved from Jupiter to here, he had a vision of what this place was supposed to be, and then the pandemic came along, and and it kind of, I think it kind of you know, made him have to hurry up a little bit on the vision, yeah. um, you know, um, with the, with the live streaming and all that kind of stuff. But I, it doesn't I mean, seem hurried up at all, but it just, well, not hurried up. Like, like he had to, it just, it just kind of the timing of it, you know, yeah. it just made it to where it was something, you know, like, okay, I guess now's the, now's better, you know, time than any. Right. Yeah. I think, I'm, and, I think a lot uh, yeah. of people felt that way. And, about um, yeah, but for sure. I, I mean, he's, he's done it right. I mean, he's done it right. And he's always constantly, him and I are having conversations all the time where he's like, I'm thinking about getting rid of this piece of equipment and buying this piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. Like he's always wanting to upgrade and always wanting to get better stuff and whatever. I mean, it's this is this is like a really good. Yeah, I think, I think I'm ready to be upgraded. You, <laughs> yeah. Switch you? me out for someone hey. better, probably. Yeah, for Esperanza Spalding or something. It's, like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a total blessing to have a place like this in our community and to be able to be used uh, mm -hmm. and like the live streams, like for bands being being free for the bands yeah. to come in and do the live streams yeah, and to be man. able to have such good quality audio and video and everything yeah. like that. And I know I've it's fan. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's like it's part of the reason me. why I want it to work here because it's like the access to media is just, it's just like we're in it, right? We're doing it right now. Yeah, I know. Right. That's <laughs> why. Where would we be doing the podcast? Yeah. You know, out, of my, out of my garage. Well, at first know? I was telling him, I had no idea that it was in here. And then one time I was watching, I was watching a live stream and I was like, that looks like the drum set behind Ben. I'm like, and I'm like, oh wait, this is the same thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're in there. Okay, that makes sense. That's <laughs> yeah. why everything looks and sounds so great. It's just yeah. in the same yeah. place. That's yeah. why. But uh, but yeah, no. It's a you know, I can't thank you guys enough for having me on. And oh no, and, our uh, pleasure, our pleasure, man. It's an absolute pleasure to be. So here. Uh, you've got uh, you got any dates or anything coming up, or you want to talk about? Or yeah, um, I think the main thing I've got a couple of dates around town, but I don't really care about talking about that. Uh, to be honest, it's uh, the Shake and Dominic Delaney. We're going on tour in December. Oh, fantastic! Um, right. That's yeah. that's what I really want to talk about. And uh, we're doing this. We I don't know if you've ever either one of you have ever booked a tour. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. You know, the worst thing I've ever had to experience in my entire life, and I never want to do it again. Yeah, it was it's pretty stressful. Oh, dude, tell me, stressful. We were just talking about it with Copper Tones yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, we were talking about it, and you know, they had some ideas. They they were using indie on the move and stuff like that. Man. Yeah, there's like a couple of websites. I'm, Dominic knew a lot more of that stuff than I did. In I literally was just so used to like playing bars and just like calling up owners. Like, if I could get you on the phone, I can get a a, a, a yeah. show book. Sure, yeah. sure. But it's like nearly impossible to get indie. On the move, on the Indiana yeah. the Move, we were just talking about it with the Coppertones uh, yesterday. Indiana the Move is something that I used a lot. Um, still use it a little bit here and there, but I used it a lot when uh, when Justin and I were the Nirvana tribute. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I was booking I was booking shows in New York with it. You know, where I would oh. I would pull up. You know, I would dial it in and say, okay, I want this area, mm -hmm. this genre. You know, venues that hold between like this many people and this many people. You know, and just kind of dial it in and they go, okay, here's a list of you know. 12. I may be stupid and not know what this is. Yeah, it's Indiana the Move. Move.com. 
Yeah, I, gotta I, don't, check I don't it out. Know, I, I didn't know what it was until like yeah. a week ago. Yeah, oh, and really? so yeah. yeah, and so I would dial it in, and then it would give me a list awesome. of venues, and, you know, dialed in with those parameters. <laughs> I kill myself now. <laughs> yeah, and it gives you. Well, I, you're gonna kill yourself even more in a second. Yeah, it gives you a list of like you know the contacts and stuff. So <laughs> I would reach out to them. But no, hang on, it gets worse. It gets worse for you. So. We're booking a tour in uh, July of next mm-hmm. next summer, yeah. um, and so uh, it's all booked. You're so, going overseas. So India, and shit so and India on like the that. move has an option. Okay, we just talked about it yesterday, and I reconfirmed. I looked at it again today to go, you know, just to reconfirm that. Yeah, I wasn't talking on my ass yesterday. Um, it's I, I want to say it's like five hundred and forty bucks or something like that for up to up to twenty markets. They just book your tour, and you me. just say, "I want, <laughs> I want these markets on these days." I would have paid seven and times then, that okay. amount, yeah. So it's to like, not have to go through the right. bullshit I had to go through to book it's this ten crazy. day tour. Ten days, ten days. It's not even ten. It's not even ten yeah. fucking shows. No. Just ten days. No, it's like it's. They have like three tiers. It's like f- like five something, and then six something for like I don't know, like ten, you know, ten dates oh, and Jesus. twenty dates. Take my money, and then. And then I think like the, the third tier was like the custom one where you can just call up and, and talk to them and they, and set up a custom like I want this schedule and they'll figure out places for you to play in this. And I, Hector, I hate you right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you have told so say, about we were talking about it yesterday, and, and, and play, somebody, the game. <laughs> yeah, the Coppertones mentioned any on the movie again, and it's been a little while since I've used it. I just kind of I, you know, I pay for it every month, and I don't I practically ever use it. And I, it, it kind of hit me, and so I looked at it again today, and I was like. Damn! Oh yeah, this is good. I'm like, that's what we're doing because we're probably going to do about ten dates, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is per- for five hundred bucks well, sold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, we do what, one cover getting use the money. For that's you. what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sold. Uh, that's so <laughs> aggravating. I literally yeah. had to. I mean, like, and one of the one of the toughest things was really like, the, one one of the things that I realized like reaching out is like, there's a lot of really shitty bands like not like bad bands like they're bad musicians like they're just shitty at being a part of the music community yes they won't (laughs) respond to you they won't i'd much rather you tell me to to screw off than not respond to me at all and that's what kept happening with a lot of things but a lot of bands would be like oh well you know we need like four hundred dollars i'm like we're asking you to play 45 minutes uh, like literally five minutes away from your house. Why the hell do you need four hundred dollars? Yeah. Oh well, we're kind of big in this area. I'm like, okay, we'll screw you. And, yeah. But we managed to get it done. So we're 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 kicking it off um, December 9th at Propaganda, right. um, and then we're going to Sully's in Melbourne. We're going to be playing this place called Axe and Grog in um, Daytona, and then we're shooting up to Jacksonville to do Jackrabbits, which I'm I'm pretty stoked about. Jackrabbits yeah. is a cool place. Yeah, I played there. For um, badass. Oh yeah, it yeah, is. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. I have seen I've I've seen people like some videos of people playing. Like that's like that's like one of like the venues that I really wanted. Yeah, I played uh, I played there with the Nirvana tribute before we had Justin with our other. Uh, it's our, a nice our, room. Our original Kurt Cobain. Yeah, it's, a, no, it's an awesome place. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah they, they were they were like super receptive, and I remember I was talking to the guy, the owner of Will's Pub in Orlando. Yep, we played and there he, too. Yeah, and he was saying, why did Jack Rabbit's book you? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, isn't that a big room? I'm like, I don't know. Like, he just <laughs> said yes. So f- I got a funny side story for uh, um, Will's Pub. Uh, Justin and I were playing there with the with the tribute. And, uh, Is this the moment again? Yeah. So the place, if, if you've been to Will's Pub. I've never Pub, been there. Okay, yeah. so it's really narrow. I mean, it's like, it's really narrow, and it's, but it's really deep, and the bar is way in the back. So this place was packed. In fact, I think, I think it held like 250 people. And they sold like 280 tickets, oh, nice. so like it was packed, mm-hmm. and um, and like you couldn't move. Like we were up on the stage, and that's it. We couldn't leave the stage because you could not walk in that room. And about halfway through the show, Jesse goes, "Damn it, I'm really thirsty, and I didn't think to get a bottle of water." He goes, "I don't suppose somebody wants to pass me up some water." Sure, shit enough, the bar guy 
pours a glass of water, and they crowd surf a glass of water all the way up to the front of the room wow, and hand great. it up to the stage to Justin. I wonder if, I I wonder if that was the first time they did it. Or? I don't know, but we have it on video, and it was amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. I've never heard that story. In current oh. times, that would never happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, by yeah. the time it got to you, you'd be like, no, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a that's a cool play. I wanted to play that really bad, but it was just we couldn't. Uh, I talked to the guy, but right. I was yeah. just like one of those things. It's not huge, but it's a cool room. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like it's like the place that I see like bands that I've been really into lately. Yeah. I've, that's where they're playing. Yeah, like right. that's that's sort of what you know I wanted to do. Um, so but but after the Jackrabbit show, we're playing at this place called Archetype in Jacksonville, which is actually a, a live stream venue. Okay, which we were. I was honestly like you I talked to Justin about that. Justin's like really into that concept. I I I don't know if I mentioned it to him. I'll be honest, uh, but it was like one of those things where I was looking for. I it was it's like a Tuesday, yeah. and I was like, we're not going to be able to get a gig on a Tuesday, most likely not. So I was like, let's just find a place that would let us to set up, and I have everything that we can be able to hook up and do a live stream. And this guy's like, oh yeah, no, we're a live stream venue. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just got. I just have to pay the sound guy. So I'm like, all right, yeah, pay your sound guy, no big job. So we're doing that, and then we're coming back down the the west coast. But um, but we're doing this thing called the ten dollar holler tour fund because the reality of it is it's very hard to tour, um, and when you're an original band. It's really hard to get money Any for money. your tour. Sure, sure. So what we're trying to do is that we have a Venmo set up, um, and it's a TDH Tour Fund at TDH Tour Fund, and the uh, we figured out for everybody to make what they're worth, plus to pay for our our merch person to come and a photographer to come, everybody do all, all their stuff, uh, afford to take off work and everything like that. The idea was to get a thousand people to give us ten dollars, right? Which doesn't seem crazy, right? Thousand people. Probably figure that out. So, so ten grand was the uh, ultimate. That we're never going to get anywhere fucking near that. But that's the idea. Yeah. Um, and then, so if if people want to donate, they can donate whatever. But you yeah. know, like it doesn't make it doesn't have to be ten dollars. Oh, that's a worthy like cause. That. Getting you guys on the road. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. that's the thing we're doing. Um, December fourth, the uh, the Saturday before we leave, we're doing at Prosperity Brewers. We're doing a punk rock car wash. So cool. we're gonna try and raise money doing that way. Are you wear your bikinis and stuff. Um, I I might have sex, to break out my sexy on the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> I got the dry rating back, you know. Um, was it? Uh, but yeah, so we're we're gonna try and do as many as many things as we can to be able to uh, raise some money. So we we don't we. We're trying not to sleep in shitty hotels and sure. and and try sure. to eat while sure. we're out there and everything like that. But also, like some of us have day jobs and we have to take off. And some people have paid time off and some people don't have paid time yeah. off. And you know, like if I miss a couple weekends, that's that's my pay. This is what I do for yeah. a living. So it's but awesome, yeah. man. You know, and it might just stop the gap because you know the next time you go out, maybe you'll get more money and won't need. You know, like it's really like the first. Your first couple of years is the hardest bit. You know, yeah. with the band just. Yeah. Could, but once you can actually. You know, get guarantees from venues. It gets a bit easier. Never gets that easy. You have to be pretty big for it to be easy. Though. Yeah, yeah. That's why. I, that's why. Honestly, it's like this ten day run. I don't ever want to do this. Like, I don't want to do the ten day. I don't want to be away from my wife for ten days. I don't want to sure, be away from my sure, dog sure. for ten days. But I figured, like, it's early in the band. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Get it done. Yeah. Get out there. Play the gigs. Get the contacts, and then we can just do weekend warrior shit from then on yeah, until right. it gets serious. Gotcha, and then yeah. outside of that, I mean, like that's that's pretty much it. So we're just trying to raise money just to be able to do this one, and then from well, we'll see what sure, happens from there. I'll make sure. I mean, when we do the show notes and everything, we always put in like the links and everything for the bands mm-hmm. and and uh, where you can hear them, where you can see them, and all stuff. So we'll make sure to add all I the, all the demo so much, stuff in there. Yeah. yeah, for sure, man. Anything we can do to yeah, help you that's guys that's, out. that's that's and this yeah. the thing is that like it's just it's really tough, and this goes back to the community thing is like that that venmo after the tour will still be live and if people still continue to donate to it 
we will take that money and help other bands get on tour. That's awesome. And that, that's the, just trying to be as much of a community as possible because the amount of people that I've dealt with that were so I'm just sort of mean about accepting us. Right. And it's like that's not – like and if anybody came to me and was like, I want a show, I like I got five places I can help you out. I mean I may not be able to get you a bunch of money, but I can do Indy whatever on I the can. Move, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. The new sponsor of the show, I guess. He's, yeah. like, he's like, where were you last I, month? I know. I'm so <laughs> aggravated. That's so funny. All right, mate. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming. We've had a blast. Pleasure. And yeah. um, I just got to come out and, and see you – actually perform as a, as a solo act because I, I'd lo- I'm really interested to see how you work the room in, re- in real life so it's a lot of gyrating gonna, at some point you're gonna <laughs> oh my god I'm scarred from that image <laughs> I'm telling you you're gonna watch back at that and it's gonna it's gonna little a single tear <laughs> it's gonna weird you out <laughs> alright well, guys it's been a pleasure man thanks man appreciate yeah thanks it. appreciate it see you later take it